0: We are here at American Clean Power 2023 in New Orleans, Louisiana with Aronis. And if you don't know Aronis, you have been missing out on a lot because Aronis is the robot repair company for blades and towers now. Uh, So I have Dinus Cruz and Greta Cremina here to tell us all the great details that have happened over the last year and all the new technology because we are looking at your booth and there are five, six, seven different robots here this year, which some of them I've never seen before. So you want to describe what you have brought to New Orleans?
1: Yeah, we brought uh, our internal crawler and we brought uh, uh, our cleaning robot and all of the set for leading edge repair. Okay. Since the leading edge repair needs like a lot of steps to do the jobs, Lot of attachments for the robot to do those, those steps.
2: Basically, a modular system for the leading edge repair. That's what we have launched now in the US.
0: Okay, so let's talk leading edge repair. As we know across the United States and the world, leading edge re- damage is so widespread that basically every wind turbine has some level of leading edge damage. So, for the easy stuff, what I saw the category one through three. What's your approach to repair that, which doesn't involve any anything structural to go on. I, I assume that's a pretty straightforward process for the robot to, to repair and to clean up and to prevent future erosion.
1: Yeah. yeah. So let's say if it's level, like if you build a new turbine yeah. and it doesn't have the leading edge uh, re, uh, like protection, uh, our technology is faster for application of the leading edge protection than for the humans on the ground like up tower. We can do the job up tower faster than the humans on, on the ground.
0: Okay, so you're saying if you use like the, the 3M tape kind of material that we've all seen or the shells or the other possibility there, you're saying your system, you can put your system on faster on turbine than they can't put their shell system on on the ground. Yeah wow
1: that's if it's level 0 like like basically sure. new turbine if it's level 1 erosion like new turbine a few years uh level 1 level 2 we need approximately one to maximum two days to restore the leading edge and apply a new layer of leading edge protection to to protect the, the basically the blades okay and if it's level three, we will probably need two to three days uh, because there's a little bit more of sanding, a little bit more of filler application. And, unevenness. And, yeah, so to make it even and smooth again. Okay. And so on. So it's fairly, very, very fast process to apply. What
2: I'm saying and comparing to is that instead of having two human arms, you have at least four human arms working at the same time. That, that's what the robot does.
0: <laughs> so there's there's a there's a stage process to this, right? We're, we're, you're going to try to fix the damage that's there. I assume you're going to apply some sort of filler and try to provide some get the aerodynamic smoothness back. Yeah. And is that one robot application to yes. do that? Okay. Yes.
1: So the robot has a lot of sensors, like laser sensor to to determine like the shape of the leading edge. So we don't measure by the eye, we measure by the laser. We know where it needs to be sanded off, where it needs to be applied a little bit more and so on. And so it's very, very precise system. Uh, You can't do that by hand, you can't do that by eye.
0: Okay, so then if you get the surface basically reestablished, get it back to some normal shape, then you're coming back over top of that with a leading edge protection material. Yes. And that's a separate robot application.
1: We have two separate robot applications for uh, for leading edge protection. One is sprayable, which Drento sa- uh, says it's like, uh, which sprays even layer of leading edge protection. Okay. Another one is like a sputula system, similar when you're applying filler, but uh, it's a little bit different, Okay. but then we apply leading edge protection in very smooth layer uh, of leading edge protection, also very even layer of leading edge protection.
0: It's a, a two-stage process, so you could either do a spray coating or a liquid coating liquid that's coating sort of a, a, is applied a little more.
1: Basically, any coating which is applied by, by uh roller, we yeah. can apply with our system. Okay. A little bit different way.
0: Sort of like a spatula Spatula way.
1: application, yeah. Oh, okay. What it gives that the surface afterwards is not like an orange peel, but very, very smooth, which yeah. is very good for
0: aerodynamics. Yes, okay. And are, what's the base material? I know people ask all the time, what's the, what's the LEP material you're using? Is, is there a certain Does of technos, is it?
1: We work with OxoNobel and Mankiewicz, right now, but we are open to work also with other manufacturers. Okay. Uh, we believe, like, what we see in the industry that it's sort of religion uh, of the materials which perform best. Like, you go sure. to one customer and they say that this manufacturer is the best, this material is the best, and this is, no, this is completely bad material. And then you go to another one and he says like, no, 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 this is the best one and this is the bad one. So, I believe it's because the history of the application of uh, of the materials has been has always gone through without determining where and how it should perform like you yeah. can pu- you can put one material on the same type of the turbine in two different places but in one place the tip of the, spe- yeah. the speed of the tip will be one and in another place another and rain amount in the year will be also different yeah. so this is why there might be mixed you know, like feelings about the materials and so
2: on. What I also think it depends on the application because yeah, not always it has been the the perfect application method in a way that, you know, there's still human error and and you're still affected by the humidity and the weather around it. So I believe if you're not applying the material as it should be applied, then don't expect good results in the end. And this is where the robotics really play a big role because we don't have that human error. Uh, Everything is programmed set as it should be by the parameters. And and, yeah, I think this is a great stuff where the robots
0: really benefit the industry. So consistency on leading edge protection material is really key to being successful with it. I've seen some images where they've done it by hand and it looks sort of wavy and a little uneven, and it looks like they've touched it up a little bit. So it's not what you would hope for. But the robot eliminates a lot of that.
1: Yeah, not only that. we know uh, situations when the guys are eyeballing the material
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, we know the situations when they are applied in temperatures which there shouldn't be applied for oh, the humidity yeah. center sure. so when we when the robot applies the material it has 12 cameras sensors of the humidity sensors of the temperature on the surface of the uh, of the air uh, pressure of the air. So even if something fails after the year or two, we can go back in time and analyze the data about every square millimeter, how it was applied, what could possibly go wrong. All right. And so it's an open book. Okay. Rather than yeah, the material's bad. <laughs> okay. And so- you have
2: only one report in a PDF format, which yeah. doesn't help. Yeah, it
0: doesn't help. <laughs> so the uh, yeah, that gets us the benefit of having so much data, because we're still early in this process of leading as protection. We don't know what we don't know. Obviously, the the manufacturer of the material has recommendations about the temperature, humidity, and all those things. And so you wanna make sure you're operating within that window, but not necessarily, that doesn't mean everything is always gonna be perfect, but you at least can go back and look and refine the process as you go. I I know a lot of things that Aronis has done is you're just gathering data, right? You do hard things, you go do these campaigns, you learn a lot, you do a lot of trials, and you bring that knowledge back for the next season you've been doing that for a couple of years now, and it feels like just even looking at the robots uh, <laughs> now from a couple of years ago, are much more refined. It, yeah. it's, it's like you you know where the issues are going to be when you're out in service, and how to avoid them. So your, your reliability must be just going through the roof right now in terms of repairs. and.
1: There are like half a million of turbines all around the world, yeah. right? Yeah. So, actually even less. Uh, so, the quantity is not the key performance uh, indicator for us. Okay. The quality and the speed. We believe that the turbines are, bec- we know that the turbines are becoming bigger. So they're becoming more efficient. So they're <laughs> right. more expensive. Uh, and also the seasonality when the job should be done is actually should be extended, not only in the summer season. True. So the robots True. can help to do that. And, uh, and so we are building our motto in the company is, every next robot has to be better than the previous one. Not the quantity, but the quality and how well they're made, how efficient they are, sure. how they're doing the job, like better and better and better. Well, the same
2: applies to the service itself, because when we started out with lightning protection system tests, for example, we were doing one turbine a day, and we moved to two turbines a day, and, and now we are doing sometimes five turbines a day. But wow. for us, okay. the goal is not to lose the quality <laughs> at that point where we are making, you know, when, we're, when we are going for the speed. And and I think this is, yeah, this is one of our goals and, and where we are keeping ourselves on track that, okay, we want to improve that speed, we want to lower that downtime of the turbine, but we never want to lose the quality of, of what we're getting.
0: Exactly. Uh, that is a nice transition to lightning protection systems. Uh, today, I was telling you earlier that insurance people have come by our booth. we do lightning protection obviously, but, uh, and when I say 20% of the LPS systems are broken, and they're just astounded. And they say, well, how do you know that? I says, well, because Dainas has gone off and measured thousands of blades and realized the data says roughly 20%, maybe more, are broken at any one time. That's a huge problem still. And I think that for, from the insurance industry and from the operator standpoint, you, you get one of two options. You send a technician up with a meter and you try to measure the resistance or you put something robotic up there and do it a lot faster. Yeah. And I, I'm assuming that based upon all your previous history that that LPS measurement is becoming more routine or more accepted. Mm. So it should be more accepted. There's just no way we can have 20% of LPS systems broken. That seems like a real industry problem from the insurance side, the operator side.
1: It is, it's not only industry problem, but it's also our problem. So what we understood like over the years that we are doing so many, uh, like these light infection system tests and we are just bringing bad messages, right? So like, <laughs> hey guys, you have 20%, you have 15, we have 25%. Well, we are yeah. the bad news in the industry. Uh, uh, sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> and so we understood that uh, industry needs a solution. If you're just bringing the bad news,
2: it it's help. just,
0: it doesn't help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And And many customers were just coming back and just saying like, okay, Okay. 20% are broken so so what so what should we do next like uh, we don't have the budget we don't have any you know like programs how to treat this problem at, at all sure um, and so we are now implementing that robot for example if it's open circuit it searches where exactly it's broken uh, we are developing the system to change the receptors we have a lot of receptors with increased values you know like in in resistance or basically, Open circuit in the receptor. Okay, Um, Hmm. we are building up the systems how to uh, improve lightning protection system by adding these diverters on on uh, close to the receptors, so so the lightning you know gets a smoother way. uh, Get to the receptor, yeah. Yeah, to to the receptor and to the ground. Yeah. And uh, if we see oxidations, we have this oxidational curing system like when we insert 1000 volts and increasing the, the amperage and removing the oxidation and so on. Yeah. So now uh, we've built the best and the fastest uh, like lightning protection system measurement system. Sure. But now we're on the verge, like we're traveling the past, like how to solve that system, uh, that problem as well. We yeah. see that there is a problem, so there
0: should be a solution. So, so what that's our motive now. What percentage can you? clean up, repair, on site, and which ones where you just have a broken connection, someone's actually got to physically get in there and fix it?
1: I would say half and half, uh, oh, okay. half and half, and, uh, and the most ridiculous thing is that when it's open circuit and it's broken cable, it's just like half an hour to go into the root of the blade and connect the wire back. Which is also oh, like it's an broken hour.
0: at the not at the tip end but at the hub end.
1: In most of the cases, the cable is broken in the hub, uh, not hub but but in root
0: of the blade. Sure. Okay. Uh, right.
1: Uh, and uh, yeah, and there are turbines where which are broken. The cables are broken in the tip area of the blade, but uh, still you have big percentage which you can repair right away, in the same mobilization, just a half an hour, staying on that turbine for half an hour uh,
0: longer. And okay. That's it okay well it seems like a a big money saver if if you just need to connect the wire together yeah and and it's it's it's, it's accessible that seems like a real simple fix that yeah you may not have ever ever caught before okay well all right that's remarkable so a couple of the things that i know you're up to and uh, uh, I wrote a recent article in uh, PES Wind Magazine talking about internal blade inspections with Joel Saxon, mm-hmm. the Wind Power Lab. And one of the key points is, hey, we gotta be able to look inside these blades and see where there's structural deficiencies. There's a, where there's cracks or maybe there's a, a bond joint that's let loose. Your automa- sort of robot car camera system, I don't even know what to call it anymore yeah. because it's got so much, <laughs> so many brains on this, on this vehicle. Uh, is really critical to that, uh, to know what's going on inside structure. You want to just generally describe what this, what do you you call this creature? We started with basically with RV and
1: the camera. And soon enough we understood that we find problems inside of the blades and uh, how big it is. Yeah. You can't measure. So we added up the LiDAR, which is actually creating a 3D model uh, inside of the blade. And so when we see a crack we can measure it with a precision of millimeters. And uh, afterwards we understood that some of the pictures are overexposed or too dark. Overexposed right. like like with the light or too dark. Sure. Too bright or too dark. And then we created the system that very powerful light which is controlled by the LiDAR, so it's like dimming and adjusting the light based on how far and, and or close to the walls it is. Um, and in the end, like, many of the turbines how when they can't put the blade like completely horizontally so we add right. up like jet engine to to crawl up oh my God! it times, does have a jet engine it, on yeah, the back there end is of this thing. one
2: in here and and in a lot of times like you have actually a lot of oil inside of the blade which is yeah. of course not good but but that's yeah. the situation right so in order again to push the crawler forward we need extra power yeah
0: so like it's, it's like it the Batmobile in a sense, where it's got the rocket motor in the back of it. It has the gyroscopes, which is
1: basically checking out if it's slipping or not, like oh, and the angle and compensating the uh, gravity uh, automatically. And 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 all four wheels are also turning. So because some of the turbines, like particularly the in Vestas, they have these counterweights, and you have to go right? around them. Oh so sure. It can go around them uh, smoothly as well. So camera. Looking up front, camera looking back, like QR code, uh, distance measurement with the radio signal, <laughs> not with the you know like how many you know the the wire is yeah, yeah. Is, is, is out and so but on. all
2: of those things are crucial. I mean, if you don't yes. know the distance where you are in the blade, then almost what's the point? Yeah. Well, you, you know, don't
1: know yeah. where you need to cut up, open the blade to repair inside, and and. And then we got to Mexico and we started to do the job and uh, you know like it's too hot inside of the blade. Sure. So we added up like the cooling system so it's not overheating and we can perform the job also in Texas or Mexico. So <laughs> so that's basically step after step but it's the most advanced like internal inspection crawler now in the industry. And uh, also the uh, another problem was that we were doing the inspections and a vast amount of data, like 30, 50 gigabytes yeah. were gathered from one blade, not blade, but turbine, mm-hmm. and how to upload the data and verify the data and so on. So, and now all of the crews have like uh, 5G uh, modems like Starlink uh, internet connections to upload the data. And so we can deliver the reports like in three days okay. after the inspection is done.
2: Because if you think the turbines usually are nowhere like in a place where you know you don't have the 5g internet and things like that so we have the data but how do we get to the data for example from our headquarters in europe you know like (laughs) so this has been also i think another era of our own to figure out how do we get the data in minutes and and how do we analyze it yeah so So it's not just
1: the technology of the crawler but the process itself how to work out the process right it's very like yeah, it's, it's good for the customer.
0: So this vehicle, which has more technology in it than the Cybertruck, <laughs> right? I mean, Elon Musk's gotta look at this and go, well, you yeah. know, someday the Cybertruck will get to this level. Maybe yeah. we'll put si- LiDAR on a Cybertruck, right? Yeah. We'll put a jet engine on the Cybertruck. He but, did, actually.
1: Uh, yeah? Yeah, he had, uh, not on the Cybertruck, but he uh, did on Tesla. <laughs> like, I don't remember the which one, but he, he made a, a jet engine. Uh, to make oh, really? it even faster,
0: yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, the, all this technology is through this, what we call in America, the school of hard knocks, right? You you, you, you learn as you go. But it looks like at this point, you've learned plenty. And, yeah. and, and you've accomplished, uh, you took it in that data, made adjustments to where you have a very robust system. I think the same thing yeah. from your... Uh, LEP system and also the LPS system measurements are just very robust so you get out into remote areas and the system works yeah so that and that drives then I want to get to the customer experience so the customer experience is really key right now right so the customers the operators are always in a pinch you know it's 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 a tough world out there and they're just trying to make sure that the wind turbines are running and that they're profitable you come in, it's, we, we can do these really important measurements, repairs, uh, inspections faster, with more data, uh, with uh, more, uh, be able to resolve issues quicker than I've seen from pretty much anybody else. So, from a customer's satisfaction standpoint, they just got to be thrilled like. Hey, you can do my wind farm. You can measure all my LPS, my wind farm, in a, in a couple of days. You can get the LEP system fixed in uh, maybe a couple of weeks. If I have a hundred turbines, yep. whatever it is, that's going to be huge.
1: Uh, we believe so, to, so, uh, so too, um, and but there is a change in the industry, right? Which needs to happen. Like, uh, like all the industry is doing, like drone inspections, and based on that, the repair campaigns. Right. So what to do if we have more data and smarter decisions, like uh, the the industry needs to change as well, the perspective, like how to actually treat the data, how to work with it and and how to make the decisions. But as simple as that, like one one simple example, like if you have just a drone inspection and you see, let's say half a meter crack Mm -hmm. on the blade, you have options to do based on your knowledge what sure. decisions you make right based on where the crack is what type of the blade what type of uh, what type of the blade and so on and let's say we add up like internal inspection we don't see anything from inside then you have one decision right yeah you do but we add up let's say we go and do the internal inspection and we see 3 meter long crack in the same place it's completely another decision right right so This is basically perspective what we see that the industry wants to become smarter and wants to make smarter decisions. So to do smarter decisions, you need smarter technology. And this is what we're bringing on on the table.
0: Yeah.
1: Also the LPS, as you know, like the the industry is not used to 20% bad news, right? So what should we do? Like, uh, hey, but it's insured. So insurance will cover this. Um, Tricky. insurance company Companies are also not stupid. They are also thinking, hey, how right. such a huge you know, like expenses because of the lightning, so we should do something about that. Right. And we think that the industry will change for the smarter decisions rather than yeah. staying where it is right now.
0: But well, that's that's totally valid. I think I think you're kind of getting to around the same point that we hear on the lightning side. If I do X, how does my life change as an engineer working at an operator or a technician at an, yeah. an operator? If I do this, how does my life change tomorrow, next week, next month? Th- that's sort of the, the level that they're at right now. That's a reasonable question. If I do these LPS inspections, what happens? Yeah. Well, I, I, I get it fixed and I don't have all these crazy lighting problems. Yeah. Right, my life changes, but I don't have to keep fussing with this system that's making me crazy. Yeah. Uh, the same thing on blade inspections. If I can do this blade inspection and I might know my blades are okay for the next 12 months or six months, whatever the time span is, I don't have to run around trying to get somebody in here to fix a blade in an emergency situation. right? Yeah. And so it's that life-altering path of I don't have to do X anymore. I've taken this off my plate because these engineers and technicians are just too busy. Yeah. It sounds like this whole array of robots is the intent of all this is to Relieve some of that pressure from the operators. Yeah. Of course, it's faster, safer, Sure.
1: which is also important uh, point in the, in the robotics and, and gives more data. As simple mm. as that. And of course, the human needs time to verify the data, understand the data, like to put it together and so on
2: i think in general for the industry i think we are still a very young industry like if if you know we are looking at it and and there was a point where where it all just started where people thought you know they're not gonna need to maintain the turbines they just build them and they just run you know amazing yeah and and then afterwards like okay they were doing the visual inspections and then at one point the drones came in and now drones it's like you know Kind of like waking
0: up in the morning <laughs> you know that's what you do reg- on a regular basis you do the drone inspections i will say though on the, on the issue of drone inspections i think that's an interesting point having walked around american clean power today wow. there are very few drone companies here two years ago or a year ago even a year ago we were in san antonio a lot more drone companies here that has dwindled dramatically because the drones only provide a snapshot right yeah what do you do with the data if you can't get on the turbine and do a repair do something quick to get the everything back in service again then yeah. it's helpful but is, is it as helpful is it helpful enough yeah. it's that's an interesting observation and like
1: one of the things what we compare to uh, like the any industry like uh, health industry right yeah. so how the health industry has changed with introducing the x-ray ultrasound
0: yes MRI,
1: so this is gonna happen also in the wind industry sure it will sure. need time yeah but internal external LPS x-rays ultrasound it's gonna happen with the size of the blades with uh, problems which will you know like increase exponentially if there is no technology which will come into the industry and will not help yeah uh, then it's gonna stop. It's slow down the industry. Sure,
0: uh, sure. Yeah. We'll be fixing blades all the time, and which is not what the point is. The point is to produce power. Now, it, it, I think your point is well we'll take it as we move even offshore, right? So the offshore, you're seeing some development this year up towards yeah. my neck of the woods in Massachusetts. Offshore, riskier. Bigger turbines, little access, it gets harder to obviously to get yeah. to the turbine itself. I know you've been working on some offshore concepts. I've seen some of them. Where's the status on the offshore? Uh, June,
1: we are doing tests.
0: Oh, wow! June, we are doing tests. What part of the world? Can you announce Uh, that? In Europe. In In Europe? Europe? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's Uh, exciting. It is. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, but
1: to be, yeah. By the way, we are doing now uh, internal inspections in offshore. Okay. You have the drone inspections also for the offshore and off, on, onshore like to combine the data drone and internal and yeah, lbs like in, in in one platform that's, that's a good idea um uh, but yeah everything else like in offshore the biggest challenge is leading edge erosion of course yes uh and we are now verifying the technology like like scaling the technology in the onshore and then that then that's the time when you you need to go into the offshore right yes. so yeah. repair thousands of turbines in onshore and then try to do that offshore makes any sense any test in offshore costs you freakingly lot more <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so we want to te- to do like verification of the technology in onshore uh, sure uh, uh, and and then move to offshore wow
2: and i think it's also going to be a big help for the industry because if you look at the offshore the maintenance window is so much smaller than onshore yeah. because of the weather and again robots it's, it's a piece of metal you know like a piece of steel it, it, it can like swing there as much as it wants <laughs> as much as we need <laughs> like nothing's gonna happen probably just a couple of hundreds thousands of dollars but not a human like not a person's life you know so yeah. i i think it's again gonna be a complete new switch in the industry
0: i'm really impressed at the number of robots that are here just looking at some of the details you just the cameras and the actuators and all the systems and the I know there's a lot of engineering involved here so yeah. that, that's amazing and it's where the 80 industry
1: people are working day and night 8080 uh, 80
0: yeah, eight yeah oh my gosh okay yeah. wow to develop this and they're all in Latvia working day and night I assume yeah. trying to get these robots literally day and night sometimes yeah. okay all right <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm really glad to see you, you come to New Orleans. This is fantastic. Uh, really glad to see the robots and see you two here. So thanks for being on the podcast. Greta, Danis, this is fantastic. Thank you for having us. And I hope to get to, I hope to get to Lafayette this summer.
2: Please. Yeah, we're, we're, we're working on <laughs> it's it. It's an amazing country, honestly. Yeah. <laughs>